Awesome stuff. If you grab, a, if you got a Bible, before I start quickly, go to Exodus uh, chapter 32. Everyone say that, Exodus 32. But so quickly, before I start, just, just so everyone knows, we had our conference last few weeks ago, Unoffendable. That was a great time in the youth, and I want to encourage everyone that's helped out in youth in any way. Thank you for your prayers, support, people that make jelly, whatever it is, and help out youth. We're so thankful. We've got a few Unoffendable tops left, so if one of you want one, come and see me and you can get one. But So Exodus 32. Before, before we read that, I just want to quickly, I'm just going to have a, a bit of a water. With that uh, first song, or the maybe second song talking about going in the river and all that kind of stuff, I have a new appreciation of that song from footy yesterday. That was a wet day on the Oval, and so I really can understand some of those, that wording a lot better from yesterday. But, but uh, if you're taking notes, this, I've got two possible titles. You choose which one best suits you. It's either God's shoe for you. Tell that to the person next to you. God's shoe for you. God's shoe for you. That's title one. Or you can have option two, if the shoe fits, wear it. And so this is inspired by Eric Blaney at the back. And so often that quote, the second one, if the shoe fits, wear it, is often to a third party gossip sesh. And so it's how you talk about someone negatively, like if the shoe fits, wear it. But otherwise, it sometimes um, refers to something that belongs to you, accept it. And so commonly associated with the glass slipper in the Cinderella fairy tale. So if the shoe fits, wear it, right? People make sense. So two options, God's shoe for you, or if the shoe fits, wear it. So we're going to read Exodus 32, and we're going to look at verse this is 1 to 7. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, oh, 1 to 7 or 8, and then 17 to 14. So we cool? So the title is The Golden Calf. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what has happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here uh, from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, they are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow we'll be feasting to the Lord. Then the people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. Quick point there, people got up early for rubbish. But we'll keep going. So what do you get up early for? The people got up early. Oh, yeah, we read that. Uh, and so after this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry, I think it's pronounced. The Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Now we're going to quickly just go to uh, verses 17. So if you have to skip a page through that. When Joshua heard the, uh, the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them, he exclaimed to Moses, it sounds like war in the camp. But Moses replied, no, it's not the shout of victory nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water, and forced the people to drink it. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, What did these people do to you to make you uh, bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get, up, 
Don't get so upset, my Lord, Aaron implied. You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, make us gods who will lead us. Uh, we don't know what has happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it in the fire and out came this calf. Nothing just happens. Poke the person next to you and tell them, nothing just happens. <laughs> Exodus 32, 24 says there, I simply threw it into the fire and out came this calf. But we know that nothing just happens. Aaron isn't God. He can't just say, let there be and pop, out comes a calf. He's not God. There was steps required for that to take place. And so, uh, for example, it says there, the first step was get gold rings. That was the first thing he did. The second step was melt it. And the third step was mold it. It didn't just pop out. There was actually steps required for that calf to be become a reality. And so nothing just happens in life. Just like Moses saw the calf, and Aaron says it jumped out, there's things in my life, things in your life that didn't just happen. It didn't just go, oh, here it is. No, there were steps required, steps took place to have that calf or whatever it could be in your life that's visible now for it to take place. There were steps required. And so uh, whether you had buy a house, buy a car, there were steps you had to take for that to become a reality. It didn't just, oh, I own a house. No, there were steps you went through to get to that house, car, whatever it could be. So who's ever, who knows what driving autopilot is? I don't know. I'll, I'll explain it to you. So everything's easy. So I'll be driving one day and I'll get to work and then thoughts will come into my head like, how did I get here? I'm at work now, but how did I get here? And so I'm thinking, was I speeding? Did I, did I do something dodgy? I'm thinking, oh, honestly, I remember getting to my car at home and now I'm at work. Who's had that thing where you just autopilot and you get somewhere where you didn't know how you got there? And that freaks me out. I'm thinking, how did this happen? What, what did I miss? And, I, and all my consciousness is buzzing through my head going, I hope I didn't break the law because I'm going to get in trouble. But, um, uh, and so it's a scary thing. But, uh, and I think, uh, and even for kids, it, this can happen. I, I never happened to me much at school. But you have school holidays and then you go to put your school uniform on. Because it's this auto, you have this auto thing. I've got, oh, first thing I do, put my school uniform on. But it's, a, it's an auto. But for example, Sean Lever down the front here, he's one of my favorite preachers. And he's talking about one time, he had this message called automotive. And so what he, was what he was meaning with that is, what's your response? What's the first thing that you think about when something happens to you? What's the auto thing that you go into? But I think auto, uh, like piloting, is something different. So, uh, and another thing with this autopilot driving is, I might be, say, coming to the church, going to work, and then I'll just randomly turn off somewhere, or say if I'm going shopping, I'll be like, wait, what am I going to the church for? Or why am I going to work? Because I have this autopilot rather than going to the shops, I'm automatically going somewhere else. And so, but with um, Sean's message, um, he was saying that we've got to have uh, that automatic response. And so what's our default? That's one question we've got to ask. But I think that your automotive is reactionary, but your autopilot is visionary. And so, for example, there's nothing worse than going through your life and just going, how did I get here? How did I end up here and going, what's taking place? Because there were steps that you were taking, but we've got to be deliberate. We've got to be intentional with our steps so that we don't just go, oh, 30 years later, how did I get here? No, there's going to be steps that you're going to be taking to make sure the calf that you get is the calf that you want and not just like, oh, how did this happen? Because the steps were taken. And so, for example, I'm 22 next week. I can't believe it. I feel like I'm an old, really old now. It's crazy. But I look back on my life and go, wow, how did this happen? I honestly remember my 16th birthday. I still feel like I'm on my L's. Who knows what I'm talking about? Life just 
just flies. And then the thing, but I can say the things that are happening in my life right now, say the calves in my life right now, even doing this, this just didn't happen. I didn't just rock up on the stage. I've had to take steps. I've had to do things in my life to get here right now. Who knows what I'm talking about? And so sadly, a lot of people turn 40, 60, 80, any age, and negatively say, how did this happen? How did I get here? And they, because they achieved nothing. And so because they were not deliberate or intentional, and so we've got to ask ourselves, how are we being deliberate? How are we being intentional to get to where we want to get to when it comes? So Psalms 37, 23, it should be on the screens. So, uh, in the King James Version, this is a famous one, New King James Version. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Who's heard that? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so, oh, there's Pastor Gary Watts there. G'day, Pastor Gary. Uh, in the New Living Translation, it says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. And so God can direct our steps. The steps that we take, God can lead us and move us into that place. Proverbs 20, 24 says this, the Lord directs our steps. So why try and understand everything along the way? I want you just to think about that. Why try and understand everything along the way when God is directing our steps? Because in 1 Peter 3.17, says this, Remember, everyone say remember. <laughs> remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants than to suffer for doing bad. This is one of those ones, if you could, you'd scrub it out of the Bible. I don't want to suffer. Who wants to suffer here? I can tell you, if I have the choice, I don't want to suffer. But the Bible says it is better to suffer uh, for doing good if that's what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong, right? That's what it says. And so uh, it's funny, you see a lot of conferences and stuff around. People will be like, oh, it'd be Victory Conference or, or Freedom Conference or something. I've never heard of the Suffer Conference, but it's in the Bible. Um, maybe it's the theme for next year, Pastor Rob, the 2018, the year of suffering. I don't know, but, <laughs> but honestly, when God directs our steps, this is the truth, and God directs our steps, we can suffer. It, it's the truth. Things can make, we can be like, I don't understand this. Why, why is this happening to me, God? Who knows what I'm talking about? Who's done what God's called you to do and you feel like you've suffered for it? Anyone? I'm the only one. Um, but uh, honestly, when God directs our steps, we suffer and it, and it doesn't make sense. And so we've got to hold on to that and go, you know what, God, it's better for me to suffer doing this right now than if for me to be suffering from doing the wrong thing, yeah? We've got to have that kind of a thing. Um, other things, suffering can be so many elements, but sometimes when you're getting bullied for, for just being a Christian, there's one thing I like to do, what God told me a few years ago. It's called the critic's compliment. And so when we're getting criticized for our faith, when we're getting criticized for stepping out and doing what God wants us to do, we've got to go, you know what, God, I thank you that that criticism is really a compliment because they're seeing the God in my life. They're seeing the Jesus freedom in my life. And so that's more of a compliment than it ever will be a criticism. Yeah? And so with Joseph, a lot of, I'm not, it's not going to be on the screens, but in Genesis 50, 20, it says this, you intended harm to me. But, and so Joseph suffered, went from pit to a slave, from the slave to the prison, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds to me a lot like the life of Jesus. He suffered, but he did it to save the lives of a lot of people, like you and me included, yeah? And so we've got to ask ourselves the question, well then, if it's better to suffer like Joseph did and he saved people, well, and Jesus did that, well, what do I have to suffer in maybe so that I can then be doing what Jesus was doing, Yeah? And so in my life, I've suffered. I remember being a 14-year-old who moved here and I used to cry myself to sleep. I can remember, I think, because we were sort of in between houses and stuff, I had a mattress, I had my swag on the mattress and I'd be lying in my bed crying and I could still remember the worship CD I'd be playing as I was going to sleep and I'd be like, God, why? Why have you wrecked my life? I've got no friends anymore. I'm not in a good football team anymore. 
Why have you wrecked my life? And I was, I was in suffering because I, I was just following the steps that God took me. My parents moved here, and so I had to move here with them. And I was like, God, you've wrecked my life. I've got no friends. I've got no this, no that. And I was in a time of suffering. But now, you look seven years later, I can see why. I can see everything that's better for me now. But at the time I was in suffering, I was like, I don't understand this. So when the Lord directs your steps and you go through suffering, we may not know why. But as why it says in Proverbs, we can't understand it. But we just got to go, you know what, God, I believe in seven years' time. In ten years' time, I'll see why that suffering was good for my life. And so, uh, and so I want to tell you, it's okay to suffer and it's okay for things to not make sense when you're following God. Um, and then so briefly with that, I, I remember one time I, I was still in Mount Barker and I, we're in the lounge room, well, me and my parents were in the lounge room and uh, the, the Christian TV was on, mum was doing ironing and stuff like that. And I can just remember coming to mum and dad, charged up with attacks and arguments to tell them how we can't move, why it's a bad decision, why we've got to stay in Mount Barker. And so I had my big rant, 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 whatever you call it, big rant, and just going off at him. And then I remember I kept my mouth, and then I was quiet because I finished. Mum and dad didn't argue. They're just like, we can understand you however you're feeling. Then T.D. Jakes was preaching, and it was so good. And he's like, nothing will happen or nothing will change until you move. And it just hit me so bad because I, I kept my mouth closed. And then that's T.D. Jakes just preached to me through the TV. He goes, nothing will happen and nothing will change until you move. And so I want to encourage you, you know what? Things might not make sense, but nothing will be for your benefit until you take the step, until you take the step in your life. And so uh, Ecclesiastes uh, 9.10 says this, uh, whatever you do, do well. Write that down. Whatever you do, do well. And then my summary of the rest of that verse is, because when you die, that's it. Basically, whatever you do, do well, because when you die, that's it. You've, you don't have any more chance. Once you're dead, it's done. But in the NIV translation, and I learned this in primary school from my year six teacher, so thank you, Mr. Jones. But it, in the NIV translation, it says, whatever your hand finds to do, like do it well. And so what's in your life? What are you doing with your hands? What are you doing? And are you doing it well? Because basically, once we die the chance is over. So we've got to go, you know what, we're going to make the most of every opportunity. We're going to do what we can now before it's, it's done. And so, uh, uh, and that's why I love Kids Church right now because I believe for them right now and for those Kids Church leaders and stuff, they're sacrificing, say, maybe being in here or doing what they want to do because they're, just like that year six teacher, I can remember so many devotions of things that I've memorized from year six because he spoke to me where I was at and now I can memorize them now, that those kids' church right now, they're in a place where they can learn Bible verses. So when they're preaching as a 20-year-old, when they're preaching as a 30-year-old, as they're just doing their life, they can have things in their head because they can remember it, yeah? But Ephesians 5, 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. We've got to understand what God wants us to do. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And so with all of them, What's your do? Tell the person next to you, what's your do? You gotta, we got to have to make sure in our life, what's our do? And so uh, the music team can come back up. And so uh, 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11 and Romans 12, 6 to 8, they're very similar. So I sort of merged them together. So if you read them in your own time, you can see how they, how they, which ones are what. But it says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. If you have 
Um, if he has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving uh, others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If, it, if God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. And so basically that is saying, what's your do? Do it well and do it the best you can. Yeah? And so we've got to know, what is our do? What are we doing? Uh, uh, who remembers a few weeks ago, Pastor Sam Long was here from Rice Church. Who remembers that? And he was, and he was basically talking about the depending on what translation you read, like the parables, uh, or sorry, the, uh, the manager and the talents, or that changes depending on what translation we'd be saying, uh, do you need a better talent or does your talent need a better manager? And so I asked us, asked a question, if the shoe fits, do we wear it? Are we wearing the shoe? And so things don't just happen. What steps are you taking? Let's be a Cinderella church and use what God has given us. We've got to be Cinderella individuals. Going, you know what? There's a glass zipper. I'm claiming that for my life, and I'm not going to waste the opportunity. I'm going to live it to as much as I can. And so we can't just go autopilot, but we've got to understand what God wants us to do so we can look back and go, wow, God's moved in my life. We can look back and go, wow, I'm so grateful that I used what was in my hands to the best I can and not just end up 30 years ago. I've just wasted 30 years of my life. Let's not waste any day of our life. And so that's the next point. Don't waste your life, church. Don't waste your life. It's too short. And so Ephesians 4, 3 says this. We, we, a lot of us will know this. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit. Say that. Make every effort. Make every effort. And so I play footy, and the coaches will often talk about your one percenters. So it will be like uh, your one, second, third, fourth effort. So that might be you smother the ball, then you tackle, then you get the ball, then you hand pass it. And so often in football teams, you have a player that will just do one effort. Oh, I chase the man. But no, to win a game, you've got to do second, third, fourth efforts. First one, second attempt, third attempt. And when it comes to being united as church, as one heart, we can't, we've got to make every effort to stay united. It's not just, oh, I forgave them once. Oh, 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 yeah, I'll just do it once. No, we've got to make every effort. And so, uh, for example, we've got here, uh, do we make every effort? Are we unoffendable? Are we, or do we just get offended? So basically, if you complain and gossip about church, you're not making every effort. That's as simple as it is. If, if we're complaining and gossiping about things, we're not making every effort. And so, church, do we make every effort to stay united? Do we make every effort to, to make sure as a people that we're connected? Next one, 2 Peter 1, 5 says this, make every effort, say that again, make every effort to respond to God's promises. More importantly, are we making every effort to wear the shoe God has for you? And so that's the question we've got to ask. Are we making every effort to put on what God's got for our lives? Um, and so please, church, don't waste your lives. Uh, and so there's some, there's some things that are simple, like tithing. Do we waste, are you wasting your life in that area or are you tithing? Uh, and, more, and then other things can be, uh, uh, I'll ask a question, when was the last time you tithed? When was the last time you even gave an offering? So I love it, we're not, right now, we're going to see the announcements later about the one priority. Uh, are you giving offering? Are you investing into that? Or are you just wasting your life in that kind of environment? Other things are, when was the last time you prayed? Like, or, or you prayed? 
When was the last, we're Pentecostal church, when was the last time you spoke in tongues? Because are we just wasting our life? Are we committing to building the kingdom of God and even just basic things in our life? When was the last time you read the Bible and did devotion with God? Because we can't waste our life. Um, other things are, is when was the last time you invited someone to church? And not just invite them, because anyone can say, hey, you should come to church. When was the last time you got to your car and drove somewhere and picked them up and brought them to church? Now, and this is for anything, we've got to ask ourselves, are we making every effort? Are, are we doing the best with what we can? Or are we just going, oh, well, I tried. No, no. We've got to make every effort. Um, and then and this is the last one. When was the last time you suffered? That's, when was the last time you suffered for being a Christian? When was the last time you suffered for doing the right thing? Because it's in the Bible. And so in closing, this is the last verse I want to read. 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Can everyone say that? end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. And so it is so true. The Bible clearly talks about this. Just as Jesus ascended, Jesus is going to descend back again. And so whether we die or Jesus comes back, and he's coming back soon, a lot sooner than he was going to be coming back then. And so are we ready for that? Have we done everything we can to see our streets saved? Have we done everything we can to see our school saved, our work saved? Because I, I want to make sure I have the conscience clear. When I stand before Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, all of them, and go, you know what? I've done all I can to see everyone saved. And, and so with that, therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Are you earnest in your prayers? And, and so, for example, if, if we can just, I could just end up being 30 and go, oh, I wish I prayed more. But you know what? I've got to make a, a, a decision where I go, you know what? I'm going to make 10, 10 minutes a day. I'm just going to book it in a calendar where I'm going to give 10 minutes to prayer because then it will happen. That's a step I'm going to take. I might go, you know what? I'm going to set half an hour a day to read my Bible. Because you know what, I'm going to make a step. So when I look back in 30 years' time, I can go, yes, I'm here now because I've made those steps. And so are we just going to go autopilot church and just go, oh, well, we'll see where I end up in 30 years because nothing will happen. We've got to start making decisions now. Whether it's getting a calendar, going, you know what, I'm going to be earnest in my prayer. I'm going to be earnest in my Bible. I'm going to be disciplined because my life's too short not to be. And I want to see good casts as such being a result of me focusing on what God wants me to do, Yeah. Is that true? And so basically what we're going to do now is the music team is just going to sing that uh, one of those songs we did before. And I want to, we're going to do something different. Sometimes we'll get people to come down the front and we'll pray for them. I'm going to do a prayer for everyone. But as everyone stands up, we can all stand up. If you're someone who goes, you know what, Josh, I feel like I've wasted my life. I feel like I haven't, I, I, with my do, I don't think I'm doing the best I can. I, if you raise your hand, People around us as a church, we're going to pray for the people around us so that we can be in a place where together we can challenge each other and go, you know what, you've got to be more disciplined in your journey because we want to, I want to be a church where we can look back in two years' time and go, wow, look at the cast that are here because we've made steps to see them become realities. And so is that cool? So I'm going to quickly pray. We're going to sing. And then once that's happened, if you raise your hand, people from around us are going to pray for each other that we can go, you know what, I'm deciding today to make steps that the rest of my life, when I look back, I see the results from those steps. Is that cool? So God, right now, we just thank you that you've spoken to us. We thank you that you're going to be moving in our lives and help us make the most of every opportunity, God. We don't just want to act thoughtlessly. We don't just want to be an autopilot kind of a life where we go, how did I get here? But God, we want to go, we want to see the steps that we've got to take, make the steps so that we can see the blessings and the favor that you have for our lives. God, as this year's a year of freedom, God, we want to have steps and make things in place of our lives right now that we can live in freedom, that we can see in 20 years' time, wow, I'm free financially. 
spiritually. Wow, I'm free from lust. All the messages that we've heard, and God, we just thank you even for Ellison right now, God. We just pray for freedom in that area, in that environment, and we just thank you that you're going to help us take the right steps to move forward.